Good morning. It's good to see everyone here today. Today I want to talk about the importance of practicing what we preach. We hear it all the time, uh, maybe when you're growing up, maybe around at your work. You know, we practice what we preach, and you'll hear it said in various sentiments. But when it comes to Christianity, we need to be sure that we are practicing what we preach. We need to be genuine with our faith. It is important that our life mirrors the life of the Christian in the Bible. That is, we are living up to the example of Jesus Christ. Now, nobody expects or believes this to be an easy task. It is a task that is going to take a lifetime for most of us. It's going to take years and years to develop that faith, to be able to get yourself to where the Bible says in the book of Galatians, one with more faith or one that is more spiritual. So there's various degrees to your faithfulness and your spirituality in Christianity. Some are shown to be better Christians than the others. Both are saved. And so it's our idea today that when we're practicing what we preach, we cannot play the hypocrite. Being a hypocrite is one of the worst things a Christian can do. Now, taking it out of the realm of Christianity, hypocrite is one of the worst things you can do no matter what you are, right? Even if you're just talking to a friend, you can't tell your friend, I'll be there to help you cut your yard on Friday. And then you drive past his yard and you see it's this tall and you just drive by. Forget that. And you think to yourself, what did he do? He wasn't living up to his word. And so we can't be hypocrites on, on any level. It's really not accepted. But with, within Christianity, we've got heavier weight because people everywhere say, I'm not going to church because they're all hypocrites. You've heard it said over and over and over. There's no way I'm going to go in there with all those people. They're all hypocrites. You know what you can do? You can keep your religion and give me Jesus. Well, you can't do that because the Bible says that it's a good religion. It's a, a, a righteous religion is Christianity. And that if we have to worship with the saints, like Jesus says, and keep his commandments, there is no way you can separate Christianity and the gathering together of the saints with your own type of brand of just you and Jesus friendship. It doesn't work. It's not biblical. But we run into those situations where people are pointing their finger and saying Christians are hypocrites. Here's the Greek word that we see in the New Testament primarily in Matthew chapter 23, Hippocrates. It's an actor under an assumed character. Somebody's acting like they're a Christian, but they're really not. They're playing a good game, but they're really not. We've heard it over and over. Man, have you seen that family? That family is the perfect family. Look at the wife and the husband and the kids, and they're all perfect and everybody's walking. And of course, you see the mother and the kids are just. And it's perfect, right? They get in the car. Where are we going to eat? Oh, I'm tired of you already. Back and forth yelling. Oh, I can't believe this. But at least you acted right in front of people. You see how that works? We can't be like that. And we can't be like that uh, with our own personal life. You can't be walking as a Christian, yet not looking as a Christian. Or being a Christian on Sunday, going to work, and nobody would know that you're a follower of Christ. You're a good actor. You're, actor, you're acting either in front of the church like you're a Christian or you're acting like you're of the world in front of the other people. And in reality, 
We've got to be real and genuine every time and at all times. So you'll see that the Bible uh, in the Greek definition is showing you that it's somebody who's an assumed character. It's a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion. A person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings. You say you're one way, but you're showing something else. Now, here's the common thing that people say, and I, and I want you to reason this through. People will say, I don't go to church because they're all hypocrites. Now, let's, let's flip that, and this is what they're actually meaning, whether they know it or not. I will let others' actions send me to hell. Or, because I don't like those people, I will go to hell. That's literally what people are saying when they say, I will not go gather and worship God with the saints as the New Testament prescribes because the people who are in there are hypocrites. So hypocrisy within Christianity bears a lot of weight because some people are shallow minded and they can't see past the fact that one in here, not literally in here, is a bad apple. And when they see that bad apple, they just lump everybody together and they say, all of them are hypocrites. That's why I don't go. You wouldn't want somebody to come to that conclusion because of the way you're acting. Right. You don't want that to happen. But look at Philippians two and verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Look what it says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you're going to be a Christian. Do it to your best ability. Work out your own salvation. Handle your business. If you say you're a Christian, be a Christian when I'm there and when I'm not there. If you say you're like Christ, be like Christ when I'm there or when I'm not there. If you're going to be rejoicing for various reasons, as we see in the book of Philippians, you better do it to the best of your ability, whether I'm there or I'm not there. Why? Because God doesn't want the hypocrite. God wants you to be as genuine as possible. And us coming to the realization that we need to be genuine has us realizing that it's okay to fall. Christians sin. Christians repent. Christians aren't perfect, but we strive for perfection. It's okay that we have a bumpy road. Just don't stay on the road bumpy. You got to fix it. You need to take heed. This is why we should live our lives without hypocrisy. First Timothy four and verse 16. Look what Paul told Timothy. Take heed to yourself. Mind yourself, Timothy, and to the doctrine. Practice what you preach. That's what he's telling Timothy. Take heed to yourself. Make sure that you're good with yourself, that you're really living your faith, that you are professing Christianity, you are living Christianity. Be sure you're not an actor. Take heed to yourself that you're being true to yourself and to the doctrine. You let the doctrine of Christ reign in your life, and then you take heed to yourself and let yourself show that you're a Christian. And what do you do once you're living that life? You continue in them. You live your life in a non-hypocritical sense. You continue in them. Why? Look what Paul says. For if you practice what you preach, for in doing this, you will save both yourself. We'll stop right there. Do you remember this? 
Work out your own salvation. Now watch this again. For in doing this, you will save both yourselves. So he's going to be working his faith. He's not going to be a hypocrite. He's going to be found faithful when it is time for the judgment. And therefore, because he's living the real life of a Christian and not just acting, getting some sort of Golden Globe or Oscar, he's going to save himself. Look at the, the plus side. And those who hear you. So it becomes very important as a Christian that when we're around other people, that we live like a Christian, that we act like a Christian, and that our attitudes don't change and our character doesn't change because those people are near you. Your attitude needs to change those people. So that's why we practice what we preach. Look at what Paul said. Now, if, you, if you'll remember, Paul had struggles in Romans chapter 7. Paul had struggles with sin and he... He was warring with his body and in and his mind and trying to get his life right, but he never quit. Look at this. Second Timothy four, verses seven through eight. Look what he says. I have. What have you done? I've already lived a good life. I'm not a hypocrite. I have fought the fight. I was in it and I fought. I wasn't acting and I finished the race. I stayed in it to win it to the end, living a life that what I have kept the faith. So I have kept a real faith, have been living that in my life. It's been a long race and I have fought the fight no matter what. I am the example unto Christ. Where he says, be like me for I am like Christ. It's like finally, if you live this way, if you live in a true way, if you're really a Christian, you live that way. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only me, but also all those who love His appearing. So we're seeing something very serious here. we got to practice what we preach. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. And we got to practice what we preach for our entirety of our life. You don't get a rest in Christianity. You don't get to go on vacation and not go worship because you're on vacation. We're on vacation. It's Sunday. And it doesn't matter where you're at. The Lord demands to be worshipped. So if we plan now, and I'm just throwing this out there because we're coming towards summer and people are going on vacations. But if you take the time to plan six months in advance, eight months, a year in advance to go on your vacation, you looked at, at the houses you could rent, at the hotels you could rent. You looked at the amenities. You know what you're going to do. You set the curriculum. We're going to get there. We're going to go eat this for breakfast. We're gonna, you know how these vacations work. You better go ahead and look for the Lord's church and put that on your docket. Because if you can plan for the other stuff, you can live your life not like a hypocrite, but you can practice what you preach and show up on Sunday there and be a blessing to those people as they'll be a blessing to you and fulfill the command of the Lord. Now, on a lighter note, hold fast your faith. When you're supposed to be living as a genuine Christian, You've got to know what you're living for. So you've got to know that the faith that you have in Christ, that you confess Christ as Lord and obeyed the gospel, that faith, that that prize of being resurrected from the dead as Jesus was resurrected from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we will be in his likeness, Romans chapter 6. That kind of faith. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, because Jesus died, rose, and has gone on for you. Look what he says. Let us hold fast our confession. That, that original confession of faith, that one, that's the one you hold on to and you keep it. You see how there's, it doesn't say, you know, let us hold fast to faith uh, until it's inconvenient and then we can act like something else and then we can come back to holding it. You've got to hold fast that faith. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. When we're having difficulties staying strong as Christians and staying separate from the world and living a life that is non-hypocritical, don't worry. Jesus was tempted also. When you're living a life as a Christian and you're being tempted to sin and, and you're not worried about being a hypocrite, so you want to go over there and do that anyway, and you're not thinking, don't worry. Jesus was tempted also. He was tempted on all points just as you were, but he was without sin. And he's made it possible to live inside of him. Galatians 3 and verse 27. When you're living inside of Jesus. You can live non-hypocritical. You can live in the faith of Christ. Holding fast that confession saying, I'm not going to act like I'm a Christian. I'm going to be a Christian. Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without wavering. Be the real deal Christian without wavering, no matter where, no matter what, and no matter who you are around. Because it's this hope that gives us this everlasting life in Jesus Christ, the grace and the mercy. It's Jesus who's our hope, who's the mercy giver, who's faithful to forgive us. We need to live up to that standard. Without wavering. That's the important part there. That means once you start living as a Christian, you continue to do your best to live as a Christian. Now, if you are going to be uh, somebody who is building uh, one of those rainbow sets on the outside of the house, you know, for the kids, they have the big jungle gyms that you can make. Okay, I had the blessing of building one of these. And I say that because it took me like five or six days. And as I'm building this thing, I'm telling myself, I could just quit now. I could call somebody and they can come finish it for me. I know people. Why don't I just call them? I'll pay them to do it. But no, my kids are watching. They're watching out there. And there I go doing one. And this thing is 13 or 14 foot up at the at the top of the roof. And I'm like, this is higher than the house I grew up in. I'm up there. No rope. Just they're going to love it. And I'm going. And as I'm building that thing, I continually thought to myself, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to I can I can call somebody. But I got people watching and waiting. So what did I do? I said I was going to build it. And I built it. Even though I wanted to waver. You see, we're like that in our life as Christians. Sometimes we want to waver, but we can't. Why? Because we don't want to be hypocrites. That's why. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 3. Look at what Jesus is saying. He says, therefore, whether they tell you to observe, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. So they know what to say by the law. This is the scribes and the Pharisees. And they're telling you the right thing to do. But watch this. But do not, uh, do, not do according to their works. 
don't do like they do, but listen to the teaching because, hey, they're actually teaching you right, but they're not living the life. For they say what to do and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They're hypocrites. They're telling people to live one way, and then they're living a complete opposite way. You see how that's not a good thing to be. Now look at verse 13, Matthew 23. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites or actors. You see, they were dressed right. They were studied right. They were hanging out and knew all the right people. They went to go worship. They did all these things they were supposed to do. So they were living the life. But Jesus called them hypocrites. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. You're hindering people with your hypocrisy. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. You're up there praying for five hours, but you're not saying anything. You're just acting. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. This is why Christians can't be hypocrites. If we're hypocritical and we're acting one way, we're being another way, we're just going to receive the greater condemnation. If we're telling people that we're the most faithful people, we're always so happy and you need to come in here, and we're telling them a story um, that doesn't really live in your life, you're being hypocritical, you're being like that. We need to be true and honest. If we're honest with people about Christianity, the struggles... The struggles and the trials of growing in your faith, reaching a level of spirituality that will take 20, 30, 40 years. If we're truthful to say we're tempted on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, and we have to fight and fight and fight to keep our Christianity pure. If we're true with them, then when they come into Christianity, they won't see hypocrites. They won't see Smithville. If your last name is Smith, I'm sorry. Right? They won't see that. But what will they see? Real people being real Christians, whether they're in here or out there, not being hypocrites, because we're going to take heed to ourselves. For in doing so, we will save ourselves and those who will hear you. We don't want to be liars. That's why we're not hypocrites. When you invite somebody to church, they say, I don't go to church, there's a bunch of hypocrites there. You've got to be able to tell them, that, well, I'm not a hypocrite. You know, we're not hypocrites. Now, by this, we know that we know him. Now, pay attention to this. By this, we know if we know him, if we keep his commandments. How do you know if you know Jesus? If you're doing what he says. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments. That's somebody who says, I'm a Christian, but I'm not actually keeping the commandments. You see, that's hypocritical. That person, he says, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word and truly the love of God is perfected in him. So keeping God's word perfects our love. How do we know that we know Jesus if we keep his commandments? How do we know that we're good actors if we say we're keeping his commandments, but we actually don't? By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, look, ought 
That's not a might. That's not a should. That's an ought. You ought to do it. You ought to himself or yourself also walk just as he walked. Here's the question we ask ourselves. When Jesus was walking, was he an actor? Was he hypocritical? Or did he do his best to be the genuine person that he needed to be? It's obviously he was the genuine person. You see, we're being genuine in him. We don't need to be hypocritical. When we're hypocritical, we're appeasing people and trying to make those people like and accept you. Or you're trying to fit your life in with the world and you're being hypocritical. Whereas Jesus says, my burden is light. Give me everything. I will make a way for you. Then you give yourself to Jesus. And so you're no longer being hypocritical. You remember what Jesus said? If they didn't like you or don't like you, don't worry. They didn't like me first. And so that's why we're not hypocritical. We don't want to be called liars. We want to walk as Jesus walked or do our best. Right. Because not everybody is studied where they need to be. They could say, I could quote this, that and the other. I can tell you everything. there. I know God gives you time to study. Use that time and grow. We don't want to be hypocrites because we want to glorify God. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 12 through 13. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, so towards the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, look what happens. When you're living and breathing the ministry of God, when you are working as a Christian, administering things that needed to be administered to the saints and abounding through many different types of thanksgivings when your christianity is working as it should they as christians glorify god for the obedience of your confession which one the one that they're holding fast to the book of hebrews right you hold fast that confession you live that life you help the saints why Because you're glorifying God. So you glorify God. Where does this come from? To the gospel of Christ. And for your liberal sharing with them and all men. Do you see this? To share it with all men. You glorify God when you don't act like a Christian, but you are a Christian and you share the gospel of Christ with everyone you come into contact with. That's what Paul's showing us. We're not hypocrites because we want eternal life. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 14. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Look what he says. Fight the good fight. Lay hold of eternal life. You walk the walk and you talk the talk. And you hold eternal life and you don't let it go. To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession. Good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Look what he says. That you keep this commandment without spot. Blameless. Until... Jesus Christ appearing. That means you got to be a Christian, not act like a Christian. 
Here's your conclusion for today. We don't want to be rejected. This is why we're not acting like uh, hypocrites. Now, let me tell you, before we get into this last section, I, I just want to say that we've been through it in the last year. We've been through it so much with uh, with COVID and the world is all up in arms and we're shutting this down, that down, and then people are worshiping virtually and then people are not worshiping virtually. Some people are still meeting in houses, but there, there's fear going on that if you, you get around other people and, and you're, you're bound to get it, everybody's going to get it. And, and so there's this idea and it has really hurt the church and it is exactly what the devil wants. When we came back from COVID, well, let's start this way. Before we shut the doors for COVID, there was 150 to 170 on a good day, faithful members of the church that would love to worship, love the fellowship, and everybody's here. When we come back from COVID, when they open back the doors, there was 60. Then there was 70. Then there was 90. Seen 40 or 50 people. And those people are counting on our genuineness that we are as real Christians as before, as we are now, and we will be tomorrow. That we still want everyone to worship with the saints, not for our own glory, but as the book of Ephesians says, that through the church, God receives glory through the worshiping of the saints through Jesus Christ. And we and pray that everybody would come back. We can't let something like this COVID change our habits. Because that's exactly what the devil would want. That you were faithful before, but now you're just acting. And that's where we can find ourselves if we're not careful to really live our faith. Look at Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That's where we all want to go. Now look what it says. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Not everybody's going to go to heaven. The ones that are going to go are the ones who do the will of the father in heaven. So you got to ask yourself that question. Is my Christianity, is it hypocritical? Or am I really living my faith? What steps do I need to take is what we need to ask ourselves. What step do I need to take to get more faithful and more spiritual every single day? What do I need to do to grow every single day to where somebody sees me, they know I'm a Christian and that I'm not acting? You see, every single one of us has room to grow. And so when we think that way, we have to think this way. If I do the will of God, I'm going to make it to heaven. So that means I can't act like a Christian. I have to be a Christian. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? We're living as Christians. Look what he's saying. We've cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name. So some people will come to Christ and say, see, we're living for you. We're living under the banner of Christianity we're even doing all these marvelous things in your name. So we're doing names in the, in the name of doing things in the name of Jesus Christ. 
for your glory. We're doing all this. We want to make it in. But they were acting. They weren't really doing what they were supposed to do. They were doing what they wanted to do and not what God told them to do. Look what he says. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, to practice lawlessness, (laughs) there is a law. So God has given the law through Jesus Christ, the law of the gospel, the gospel of Christ. And if we live our lives in harmony with that and really just try to be New Testament Christians, then we will not be practicing lawlessness if it matches what's in the Bible. If we go on our own and do things how we want to do and act how we want to act and be whatever kind of Christian you want to be, but not match up to what's in the Bible, this is what we're in danger of. So my exhortation today for you is that you grow in your Christianity, that we not live our life in Christianity where we're acting one way in front of people, but when we're not around people, we're acting another way. Our Christianity needs to be the same, whether we're in our own room and nobody's around you and nobody sees what's going on as it is when you're here on Sunday where everybody can see you. And that's a hard place to get to. And you can only get there purposely. You have to purpose in your heart that you are going to be that person and then grow to that state of spiritualism in Christ Jesus, living that faithful life. If not, what are we doing? And I think God would want us all to be as genuine as possible with Him in our lives and around other people. So this morning, if you have not been baptized into Christ, today's a good day. It's always a good day to put on Christ in baptism, to die to your sins and to yourself and to be raised from the watery grave of baptism to become a Christian where the Lord says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47 that He adds you to the church after the obedience of the gospel. And so if you're obedient to that gospel, he'll put you there and then you can live as a Christian, not as an actor. And if you're here today and you need prayers and you need help from the congregation in any way, feel free to please come and and make that known to us as we stand and as we sing.